You are listening to Beyond the Wheel, a podcast about the people and ideas that drive the RV community forward. Welcome, everyone. I'm Sean from Chicory's Travels. And I'm Kenny from Moving Forward Adventures. Thanks for joining us in this first episode of the Beyond the Wheel podcast. Today's guest is Devin Wilson from RV Snap Pads. Snap Pads are an innovative product for RV leveling systems. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation. Okay, Devin, thanks for joining us today. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your role in the company? Sure, my pleasure, guys. Thanks a lot for having me on today. Um, So as you mentioned, my name is Devin Wilson. I'm the chief operating officer in the company, which pretty much means I have a hand in everything that goes on. Um, You know, we've slowly kind of started from grassroots and we're not, we're finally getting to the point where we're not really bootstrapping anymore. It's, uh, we've actually recently added a VP of sales. So my role is slowly going from doing all the work to starting to delegate a lot more of the work um, just because there is not enough hours in the day to get everything done. So the short answer to your question, Sean, is, um, yeah, I have a little bit, I have a hand in pretty much everything. Yeah, it's nice once the um, entrepreneurial part starts turning into a real business and you're able yeah. to delegate some of your duties. For sure. And it's uh, it's an interesting learning process that I'm, you know, consistently going through all the time, um, kind of learning to start getting more hands off just because if you want to keep control of every single detail, you just, you actually just start going crazy because there's just, as I mentioned, it, there's just not enough time and not enough manpower to get it all handled. So that's obviously a great problem and a very interesting learning process for myself. I'm excited to go through it, but I can promise you that it is, it can be frustrating and you do lose sleep at times, but that's the nature of, uh, that's the nature of building a business, I guess. Yep. Devin, this, this is such a yep. great product and what seems to me to be a very simple design how, how did this all come sure. about with the RV snap pad? Yeah, we almost have come to start calling them RV shoes. I mean, because they're, they're going on your landing feet, right? So kind of the same idea. They're protecting your feet. They're adding grip and um, adding surface area. So uh, more stability. Um, we can kind of get into the features <laughs> later on. But um, how deep should I get into this story? So it started probably about 25 years ago when I was just a kid. And my father came up with an idea for kind of just a plastic stacker um, drive-on jack pad, which um, he actually ended up getting out of very early on. So we're kind of an entrepreneurial family. So around the dinner table, we'd be throwing out ideas for a whole bunch of different stuff. And we've been doing that for years and years and years. So uh, jump forward about 25 years. Um, Obviously, I finished business school and we had 25 years of throwing out different ideas and what should we work on. And he'd gone through a whole bunch of different other ventures. And I was just kind of starting to do a bunch of different things myself. None of them had anything to do with the RV industry, interestingly enough. And at one of our meetings, he actually um, brought up the idea and said, you know, that the version that he brought that he brought to the market so long ago is actually still in the market now and still doing quite well. So he said, you know, even back then it was experiencing certain problems. So why don't we revisit this idea and see if we can upgrade it for, you know, the RVs that are of today, because the difference between then and now is that the RVs are much bigger, much heavier, and it's, they were even experiencing certain problems. And I guess the problems I can tell you are like the breakage, Um, you know, certain plastic products, if you put them on, 
gravel or uneven terrain, um, or if you're just putting a 45 foot, um, 45,000 pound RV on them, it might just break. Um, so we, we kind of looked at different options there. And so we were looking at what kind of material should it be? We started with recycled rubber. Uh, well, we didn't start with recycled rubber, but we eventually came on recycled rubber one cause it's environmentally friendly, but two, I mean, that's a material you'll just never run out of. Um, so that's a benefit there. And we actually started with magnets, um, to attach them. Oh. Uh, but obviously the problem with magnets is you put them on there and you forget them and then you're driving down the road at 60 miles an hour, that thing comes off. It becomes a very serious oh, liability. Okay. So okay. then we went over to adhesives, but adhesives have problems um, adhering to the, the recycled rubber. And so we were kind of all over the place. What are we going to do? A combination of both. And then we came up with the mechanically attached. So I think Sean, you've seen them. Um, Kenny, I don't know. You, you've experienced, oh yeah, you, you have your own video as well. So you've yes. experienced. Also, yep. So we didn't actually, when we first designed them, we didn't actually think they were going to stay on like that. We actually thought we were going to have to find some kind of adhesive. But once we installed the first one, we kind of had our aha moment. We was like, okay, wow. I don't think this thing's going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then we had it verified by a third, um, third party tester. We had it vertically um, tested, ver well, vertically and horizontally shake tested to over 50 Gs. And as oh, we like to say, if, if your RV experiences any <laughs> bigger problems, then if you're jacked that, you're a lot. So, so that's kind of the evolution of how the product came about. And then we started with one version that just fit on the LCI landing foot, the level up system, because we didn't know if people cared um, if this was a real problem. So we thought, all right, let's bring that out. It was well received by the Heartland um, Owners Club. And so as that continued to build, we started building a waiting list for people saying, well, what about me? What about me? And then uh, we just started building newer versions for uh, the most people that were on the waiting list. And uh, we continue to do that today. So that's what we've been doing. It sounds like you had to go through a lot of prototype before settling on the current production. I mean, all the way back from 25 years ago where you had hard <laughs> plastic through the version now, which is an environmentally friendly recycled rubber product. Um, yeah. Were you, were you selling that whole time, all those different uh, variations, I guess? Well, back then, it's pretty much, I mean, you guys have seen all the different plastic stackers. They're pretty much all the same. They're big Lego blocks, really, is right. all they are. And lots of different versions of them out now. And so when we looked at that, we know how much of a pain that particular um, chore is, especially if you have a large um, motorhome. Uh, if the airbags have gone down, I mean, it's... I've installed hundreds of them myself now and I'm not a very big person and it's still a big pain to get underneath those things and install them. So if we can remove that, it's also the convenience factor. I mean, it's convenient for certain people, but for other people with injuries, it's actually a necessity. But I mean, 25 years ago, I was just a kid. Um, and now we kind of just revisited because we were looking at a bunch of different uh, opportunities and we were working on a couple different other things. So it started with me and my dad and we were just working on a couple different other things. But as this began to grow, we kind of had to shut the other stuff down because it just really started um, taking off for us. So, and now we've actually got our entire family um, working in the business as long, uh, along with some new admin staff that we hired recently. And as I mentioned, a new VP of sales um, started last week um, to start taking some of the B2B um, responsibilities off my shoulders uh, because we don't want, those are obviously important to us and we don't want those types of relationships falling through the cracks. So I'm curious, uh, Devin, you had mentioned that you started out with magnets and then yep. switched to an adhesive and then that yep. you almost sounded like you were surprised that it had stuck on there. Was it by accident that it became a permanent fixture or was, per, you know, making it permanent 
always a goal? Uh, when we started, it was making it more convenient. I think the main pain we were focusing on was the fact that it's hard to align your jack pads depending on what RV you're in. So, you know, it's one thing if you get it perfect every time and you just drop them down and, you, and you're, you're fine. But there's lots of times where you line them up and you drop your jacks and you crush a corner and you get yeah. you lift them up again. So we were trying to fix that pain point. Um, specifically originally, which is why the magnets made sense because you just put it on the, the uh, landing foot and then it would lower and so there's no aligning necessary. Okay. But then we came across the problem of traveling and then that moved to, okay, well, let's make this like a, a permanent a permanent aspect of it. And, you know, originally too, we weren't sure if there was going to be negative aspects to the jack having to retract or if there's going to be clearance issues um, under the RV itself or while you're traveling. So those are all um, considerations as we've kind of ventured further down on the design process. But yeah, originally it was just kind of the, the pain of, of lining it up properly. And then it came, you know, once we figured out the, the issue with the, the liability with the magnets, then it was like, okay, these better stay on there. Or, you know, we weren't going to just make the same thing as everybody else has out there. It had to have some type of additional benefit. Your company, I guess we know it for snap pads. Are there are there any other RV products or was it, was it always focused on RV product development? It sounds like you guys might've been involved in different ventures other than the RV community. Yeah, completely different. My dad was working on a software, a different software and I was working on a safety product for construction. So it was, <laughs> had nothing to do with RVing. Um, but we definitely, we circled back around. Actually, to be honest with you, when he brought this idea to the table, I kind of rolled my eyes and said, Oh God, here we go again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, seeing the success the original product had and, uh, you know, he kind of missed out on that, um, you know, for, for reasons that were unforeseen at the time. Uh, so we said, okay, well, that's doing pretty well. If we can take that idea and, you know, build on it, then it has a chance to, to kind of be something. And uh, fortunately, our, our guest was right, at least so far. So no RV, no RV products, <laughs> nothing to do. None of us had anything to do with RVing originally. So it's kind of, that wow. always makes me laugh. We're like, yeah. what? You guys are all over the place. <laughs> yeah, we just, we always like brainstorming, always like coming up with ideas of what about this? What about that? And being just being kind of an entrepreneurial um, family where, you know, we, we just do, we just step off the cliff and take that risk and see what happens. And, um, we've definitely paid for it in the price in the past, but, uh, you know, that's no risk run, no reward is kind of our, our mantra there. So yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Awesome. Can you talk a little bit about the material used for the snap pad? I know when I pick it up, it's very durable. It's heavy. Yeah. It feels sturdy. It feels like it'll last forever. What, right. what is it actually made out of? I read that it was recycled materials. What, what type of recycled material is it? Sure. Um, so we actually went, this starts a little bit further back. We went to six different manufacturers to make sure we got the right looking product. Cause when you look at, when you normally look at a recycled rubber product, whether it's like a curb or a, a child children's playground or something like that, you can see there's very coarse um, chunks of recycled material in there. And I'm, I'm sure you guys have probably seen that before. So it was, yeah. it took us a while to find a manufacturer cause we didn't want it to look recycled. I think if we didn't tell people it was recycled, you wouldn't know tell so our process is um instead of getting that you know the regular coarse um recycled material we get very finely um graded material and in tires there's actually some tires have metal some tires have fluff in there so it has to be first finely chopped up and then um filtered to get all that stuff out of there and then that comes from a separate facility and ends up in our um, manufacturing facility in these giant several ton totes 
And then from there, we take that as the base material. And we have many, we have multiple presses at our manufacturing facility. And so what they do is they take that material and they mix it in with a, what they call a binder, a high strength binder. And the binder actually sets up in a matter of two minutes or something. So once that mix is in there, they're on the clock. Then they put it into our press and level it out um, as necessary, as needed. And then the press itself is heated up to 350 degrees. And then the press uh, presses, it depends on which one it's on, but it's usually over 100 tons. So the press will press down and it'll stay in there for, depending on which version it is, anywhere between five to seven minutes. Then it comes out of the press and each and every pad is cleaned up. So it has, some of them have flashing and you gotta make sure that you get it nice and clean and properly looking before they send it off to QC. And then once it cools down, quality control will go over it. And uh, if it passes quality control, then get it packed up and sent off to the customer. So um, we offer a two-year warranty, but we really have no idea what the lifespan of them is. Um, we, because of the nature of the rubber itself and the binder, it doesn't break down in UV rays, kind of like the plastic material would. Uh, and you're right, I, as far as I know, it would probably survive a nuclear blast. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're very, very durable. And I think that's, I think it's surprising for a lot of people because the pictures don't really do them justice. Once you get to pick up one and hold it and you're like, oh, okay. It's a lot more substantial when you actually get to feel it and look at it than, you know, our biggest criticism on Facebook is people saying, well, it's barely bigger than the, the foot itself. So what does it do? So, but I think, you know, when we go to rallies and we go to trade shows, when people get to pick them up and see them, you know, that question kind of goes away very quickly. Yeah. They're very solid. I mean, dense uh, yeah. when, you, when you pick it up. Yeah. That's yeah. A good word for it. it is dense. Yeah, no, and we appreciate that. But we wanted that was another um, kind of concern is that we didn't want you guys to park on gravel and then the gravel sticks in into the rubber. And then as you're driving along, it falls out and, you know, cracks the windshield behind you. That's also another liability. So those the, the gravel, even when you park your rig fully loaded, the gravel won't pierce the pad itself. Um, stick in there or damage your pad. I mean, if you do see that, let us know. We'll send you a free one. No problem. But to date, we haven't had that almost ever I don't, it's actually I don't not even something i thought about yeah so why 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 choose a recycled material instead of going with uh what what is there advantages or what what is the advantage of the recycled material for you guys well for us the first thing is obviously it's environmentally friendly which is great keeping tires out of the um, landfills is good for all of us um but secondly it's just a material that we will never ever ever run out of um and it's it's relatively inexpensive um, you know, I hesitate to say that cause people say, Oh, well, they got to pay so much for these pads, but it's not really, it's not really the material. There's a lot that go into getting the pads to the customer, getting the pads made to the customer. Um, you know, that goes into the cost of the snap pads. So it's, I guess the short answer is it's a readily available material. Um, it's environmentally friendly, um, you know, and we'll, we'll never run out of it. And for our, for our particular plant, they work with it quite frequently. So it's a material they're, they're used to. They do do lots of stuff in virgin rubber as well, which we could do, but the virgin rubber, of course, you know, that's mixing new material. And then eventually, you know, I would assume eventually these snap pads will <laughs> break down sometime 10 years. I don't know, but, and then, you know, we don't want those ending, you know, virgin rubber ending up in the land. Well. Yeah. And yeah. That makes yeah, sense. exactly. So at least we could recycle it at least once. And then at the end of the snap pads lifespan, whatever that is, um, hopefully that can get recycled as well. I think that's great. You also yeah. mentioned like there was a quality control process after the pad is created. What are they looking for? What are some of the defects that you would find in something? Is it just like the flashing where they have to cut it out yeah. or bubbling? 
It's a great question. Um, both those things and also depending on, it's really interesting because you think that a lot of this would be automated, but with the recycled rubber process, you actually need a lot of human um, interaction because depending on the humidity, depending on the outside temperature, which affects the inside temperature of the plant, production times change and you have to be very mindful of that or you could have an eight hour shift make hundreds of pads and none of them are good. So it's everything from bubbling to warping to the flashing, like you mentioned, if they cut off too much of the flashing, then there'll be a little seam at the bottom. Um, you know, when we, I, to be perfectly honest, I don't think most people would notice those, uh, like maybe the bubbling and the, and the warping, but the seam at the bottom would probably not even be noticeable to most people, but we want to make sure that we're giving people the best possible product we can get. I mean, they're paying good money for it and we want to make sure they get, a good product and good customer service and quality control is definitely a major part of that. We have recycled hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of pads. We've had entire um, production runs that have not passed quality control, which yeah. is a big pain because yeah. we want to get the uh, product out to the customers as fast as possible. So when that happens, then we end up, it causes a couple day delay. And now with the Amazon effect, most customers, if their order hasn't shipped out the next day, they're, they're kind of upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They, most of them understand when we say, you know, we want to make sure you get the best possible product and it's going to take a couple extra days. They, they get it. So once you communicate with them, they're fine, but it's, uh, it's definitely something we've had to deal with a number of times. We've all become uh, microwave babies. Everything should needs to be instant. instant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I, I mean, I'm like that too. I mean, you just you almost can't help it because you have, you know, you walk around with a supercomputer in your pocket. It's yeah. the world we live in now. So We'll just have to deal with it. Yeah, speaking of that, I was actually just down in Fort Myers, Florida, and I went to the um, Thomas Edison Museum that he has down there. And he yeah. actually spent um, the last, I think, 12 or 15 years of his life trying to come up with a natural source of rubber that could be manufactured in the United States. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, it takes an incredible amount of plants to yeah. get enough rubber to make anything really. Anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, coming up when, when it actually never came to fruition because that's when also the time when synthetic rubbers came about and he was, you know, his ideas just took too much time and For sure. effort to, to go. So, yeah. but, but then using recycled is even better because you're, you, like you said, you're keeping it out of the landfills and, yeah. There's probably a never-ending source of of rubber. So you manufacture in the United States. Yep. Uh, where in the U.S. is the manufacturing done? It's in Mishawaka, Indiana, which is about 20 or so minutes away from Elkhart, Indiana, which I think you guys all, we all know is the yeah. center yeah. of the universe for the RV industry. So that was another uh, strategic move there as well. Um, it just made sense. Even though it's kind of funny, our manufacturing facility, um, we outsource it to someone, obviously, but uh, we're the only product they make, which is surprising. <laughs> that is surprising, especially for yeah. the location. Yes, yeah. Yeah, very odd. But um, so, yeah, they're, they're, happy to have a, they're happy to have us on board. And we're happy. They're doing a great job. Um, just for them, it's, it, we're, we're growing at a, a pretty rapid race, so it's a pretty rapid rate, rather. So they're... Uh, they're struggling to keep up. So we yeah, feel bad for them sometimes, but that's, um, you know. So do you do good. large production runs or do you base it kind of on what the consumer demand is right now? Or how, how do you decide how many to manufacture at a time? 
Sure. Well, uh, it's come to the point, Sean, that uh, we're actually manufacturing and shipping them out as fast as we can. Oh, we don't wow. even have any inventory right now. Um, it's just uh, because we'll build inventory and then we'll either get a big order from a, a, a RV dealer or our Amazon reseller or um, we'll get another dealer that signs up and says, I want X amount and then the inventory is gone. Uh, kind of the tricky part is now we have four different versions with kind of 16 different variations depending on the um, depending on the uh, the leveling system. So uh, what will happen is we'll get you know a ton of our snap hat extras which I think you guys have both of those and That's then what I have, yeah. Yeah. yeah and so we get a, a ton of those and then all of a sudden we'll have another version that just for three weeks gets you know catches fire and so there's all of a sudden we go through the inventory that we had for that and then they're scrambling to get it's just kind of all over the place the problem is we can't really give them um, a solid schedule um, I'll just give you an idea we we actually our production schedule this year was to double what we did last year and even with that production schedule, we're still just making them as fast and sh making them shipping them out as fast as we can make them. So um, it's a good problem to have. But yeah, our, that's an excellent our, problem to have. Client, yeah, it's <laughs> it's the best problem to have, but it's still a problem. And our our clients in the end say, you know, good for you, but we don't care. We want a product. <laughs> so that's the that's the balance we're going with right now. So we'll we'll get there. But we're um we're building a, a number of new presses and getting some more cavities and trying to gear up so we can be um we can be on top of it for 2019. And the recycled material, does that, is that all coming out of the U.S. or do you have to source various countries to get enough recycled material? Oh no, it's all of the material, all the labor, uh, with the exception of our um, executive team, but obviously we're not in the plant making the, the product, but no, all the material and all the labor and is, is you at 100% U.S. So oh, wow. our, uh, the um, rubber, um, Recycler is, I don't know, only 10 or 20 miles away from our manufacturing facility. So um, it's all U.S. tires. And um, I'm not sure if it's 100% tires, to be perfectly honest. I know the majority of it is, but I'm sure there's other rubber recycling. I don't know if there's washers or whatever it may be. But yeah, um, yeah it's all 100% um, U.S. material. Wow. And we have had a lot of people that say, well, why don't you make it in China? And there's lots of reasons not to make it in China. One, um, you lose control over... Um, you know, your product when you send it to China. I mean, it's all well and good to say we have a U.S. patent and that's fine, but, you know, Chinese manufacturers don't care about that. Um, the other problem is if you ship entire sea cans of products, again, it could get held up at the border. There could be other delays. Um, you can't really keep your finger on the quality of the product that you get. Uh, we want to make sure that it maintains a certain standard. You know, you kind of get a, you get a shipment of, of snap pads it takes six weeks to get there and half of them are no good well what are you going to do about it yeah right yeah, so nice. exactly and so we can and we like the fact that we can fly to our manufacturing facility we have a close relationship you know we can speak the same language um you know obviously our u.s customers are thrilled that it's made in the u.s so there's just a lot more control um of the product quality control and the material you know and also protection of the idea really um yeah if it goes to china literally the same manufacturing facility that's making your product could be selling it to you out the front door and then selling it again online or wherever for pennies on the dollar out the back door. So that is obviously a, a major concern for us. So there's lots of reasons not to, not to manufacture in China. I mean, it's not just about saving a couple dollars or whatever it may be, or, or even if it's massive savings, you know, we really don't care. You know, the company can still be profitable making it in um, the U S so that is, you know, that's critical to us. And that's why we made that decision. And when you look at expense, I mean, I'd, 
don't see the snap pads as a very expensive product. I mean, I wouldn't consider that an expensive product. So, I mean, right. the cost of manufacturing in the U.S. is is not adding some tremendous amount of cost, at least exactly. in the consumer's eyes, as me as a consumer saying that. Yeah, I know, and I appreciate that. Um, whenever we get um, criticisms about cost, it's from customers um, who aren't using snap pads. They usually just kind of in passing see a Facebook ad on it. And um, it's interesting, Sean, actually, you usually have customers that come to our defense whenever somebody criticizes them. So that's really cool for us to see. Um, you know, we're not always having to defend ourselves, but um, you're right. There's a lot of comparable products that even though they're not permanent, there's, um, you know, I don't know if I can, I should name them on here, but there's, there's several comparable products that are, you know, with shipping more expensive than, than our product per pad. And in our humble opinion, you know, snap pads bring more value just because they have benefits that, that the other products don't. So you're right. I mean, you can make your own version if you don't mind placing, retrieving and storing dirty, dirty jack pads, by all means make, you know, make the wooden ones out of two by fours or four by eights or whatever you want to do. I mean, that's a great option. Um, if you don't mind for sure, or if you want to buy 40, 10 packs of, you know, the small plastic ones and you still, I mean, there's a place for those. Absolutely. But, um, you know, I think snap pads, as you guys know, kind of bring something else to the table and, um, it's the pricing is comparable to, anything that's relatively similar to what we've got. Yeah, I, I love them. I love the fact that I don't need to like crawl underneath my RV every time we set up anymore. When I put them on for the first time and I was like, oh, that's it. I, I never have to do this again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the biggest benefit um, on several of the surveys that we've sent out. That's the biggest one for sure. It's, um, yeah, sorry, Kenny, go ahead. No, I was, I was just curious, what other type of feedback are you getting from customers? For me, you're, you're yeah. saving my back and you're saving time. What are some of the other things that you guys have been what are some, I guess, if you want to say positive and negative, but what are some of the other feedback that you're getting? Sure. Um, well, that's the biggest one for sure. Um, saving time and opening up more storage space. Um, the fact that you oh, don't yeah. have to carry around lots of blocks. I didn't think of that. The only time, yeah. The only time that you, you might need blocks is if you're parked on really uneven terrain and you lose, you kind of run out of jack stroke um, when you're deploying your jacks, then you might need to put something underneath. On a side note, we're actually um, coming up with a stacker product in the future. So that can kind of be an accessory that um, you can choose to get as well for that particular problem. But the other benefit that we didn't actually really consider early on, but we learned from customer feedback is that being a rubber material, it actually dampens vibrations as you move around your RV. So mm -hmm. with the bigger um, RVs and I mean, we have these big Snapad primes, which I don't know if you guys have seen, but they're significantly bigger than um, the extras that you guys have. They're for big, heavy class A's. But I mean, even when people are doing their laundry, um, we've had customers that are, are parked on, you know, really hard packed gravel and there's 20 feet away from a train. Um, even for that, I mean, we've had interesting ones where they come back and say, once I put these on, it really stopped a lot of the vibrations. So that was something we didn't actually anticipate, but turned out to be a really big benefit um, for us as well. The rubber itself actually conforms, as I mentioned before, with the gravel, conforms to the gravel and grips to the ground. So not only gravel, but if you're on a, say, a slanted driveway or something like that, um, your metal um, feet are less likely to slip. Um, so that's a big benefit as well. We've got the electrical insulation benefit in there. We have, in, in full disclosure, we have yet to test it because <laughs> getting it, buying an RV, putting it into some place that can generate the voltage of, of the lightning bolt is kind of out of our budget. 
we've had discussions with um, certain experts on the matter. Mike Sokol, I don't know if that name right rings a bell with any of you guys, but he's on, uh, I believe he's on the RV, RV Travel Newsletter, writes lots of articles and things of that nature. And I've kind of gone back and forth with him on that. And, you know, the theory makes sense. So so we're leaving it like that. And and the idea is if you're parked and you're, your RV's plugged in during, you know, an electrical storm, if lightning does hit the, hit the ground, it still will probably travel through your, um, you know, through the electrical system and get into your electrical system. So ideally, whenever you're in a campground and you're going through a storm, you should unplug your RV. But the idea is if you've unplugged your RV and you've got your snap pads on, your snap pad should um, stop you from, from having your electronics fried with a non-direct lightning strike. I mean, if you get hit directly by lightning, <laughs> I'm probably screwed anyway, but yeah. um, let's be honest. But with yeah. a non-direct lightning lightning strike, it should probably go into your neighbor's RV instead of yours. <laughs> Somewhere else is the idea. Um, obviously, you don't want your neighbor to be injured, but the point is you should be insulated from the ground as long as you take your plug out. So that was another benefit. Um, you know, on the convenience factor, some people say they like the aesthetics. They like the way it looks on their RV. That's what like my a, wife said. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, for That's you guys, what we're Sure. Yeah, it looks good. But there's are some people that say, yeah, uh, kind of completes the look of their RV, which is, you know, we didn't really design them to look good. We just <laughs> function well. Um, so those are kind of the main ones, pretty much this, just the added stability. It increases your footprint, of course. Um, we would have liked to make them thicker and larger. Uh, but our testing showed that for weight and clearance considerations, this was the optimal size and actually the optimal shape. A lot of people think we just picked an octagon. We actually picked a number of different shapes and saw what had the least amount of deflection and the octagon was the best shape. So that's actually how we came up with the, the shape for the octagon. It was. Um, I was going to ask you about the shape, um, how you came up with that, if that was through testing or something. Um, one, thing yeah. we, one thing we noticed, right, when we put ours on, was that dampening of vibration effect, even though we have the extras and not the big, huge ones, it still made a yeah. noticeable difference. Um, really? And maybe because our RV is so long, I mean, ours is 44 feet. Wow. And so we have, you know, several jacks, but it, it yeah. definitely makes a difference. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great to hear. And we've, you know, as I mentioned, we didn't plan for that, but um, that's just the nature of the rubber material, which is, you know, fantastic. I'm always curious about other things like that. Like you said, you didn't plan for that. So the fact that these snap on and stay on permanently mm -hmm. with not needing any tools at all. So is right. was that planned or was that just by accident? And hey, we, people can install these and they don't even have to take a, a screwdriver out of a bag. Right. So uh, I'm inherently, um, I always look for the easy way <laughs> to get stuff done as quick as possible. Um, you know, I won't take cheap shortcuts, but if I can get stuff done faster. So I always found it's, you know, when you buy a new device and you have to sit there and learn it for hours and figure it out and how does this work? And it's just, if you have to do it, then fine. But my, you know, our concept was to make it as simple as possible. So I didn't even like having the idea of adhesive, but if we needed it to, if we needed to actually keep the foot on, then by all means, we would have kept it. So we went from the premise of keep it as possible, as simple as possible, or the KISS, con the KISS principle, keep it simple, stupid, as I'm sure you guys know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, originally, yeah, we thought maybe there would be tools or adhesives or something else we'd need, but uh, it was kind of a little bit of an accident that we found that you can install it this way. And the first couple prototypes that we made, it didn't have a bevel on the lip. So 
it actually didn't install properly. So we had to make several other prototypes until we actually got it right and saw it, saw it snap on there. So we initially, when we, when we first started doing it, we didn't actually know if that was going to be an option. We thought maybe you would have to have a tool of some kind or pry it on or whatever you, whatever you may have to do. So yeah, that was, that was actually by accident. But once we saw that was an option, then we, we worked towards having it do that. Yeah, and probably a month after we had ours on, uh, one of my Lippert jacks, the seal in the bottom blew out, and so I had to change the jack, and I was really worried about getting that thing off, but sure. after after talking to you and Kent, I found I could get it off without any tools either, other than foot power, and, right. it, and it went right back on, no problem, when I switched out the jack, so um, yeah, yeah I, th I thought, you know, maybe getting it off would tear that bevel or something, but mm -hmm. the durability of the product, I mean, it, it just went right on no problem and has, has never come off. So did you yeah. have to remove your jack? Yeah. Uh, I did, Sean, I did. To, to remove the pad off, like take, no, take I took the, completely I took, out. I took the pad off and then removed the jack. Okay. And then once I got the new jack installed, installed the pad the same way as I did originally and it, hmm. no problem. Yeah. Another, another thing to note guys is that we actually um, have a bolt access hole that was designed in the bottom of those. So if you wanted to just take your entire um, jack foot off, you could do that. So that was the point of that hole actually was the, was so you can access that bolt to take it off because um, Sean, if you were to do that a number of times, it depends on how well you line up your foot. Like if, if you didn't line it up really, really well, it does have the, the potential to damage um, the lift. Oh, okay. The lift lips damaged um you know we can't really guarantee it's going to stay on so right um that was the point of the bold access hole just a, a quick tip for you guys just so you know probably once every year every six months to a year you should tighten that bolt on the bottom um because oh. we've actually had customers with and without snap pads um that their metal foot they've been driving and then they show up and they're literally their metal foot is gone oh wow um I'll take a so, look at it yeah, exactly. So it's just something to be aware of. I mean, it, most of the time it's, it's not an issue, but we've had, I've had a couple people that say I looked in the rear view mirror and the pad was spinning, um, on your LCI, um, jacks, it's not supposed to do that. So, um, you make sure that every so often you just tighten those bolts. It doesn't take much. I don't know if we really need a torque wrench or anything, but just, just make sure that they're, um, they're nice and tight. It's good to know. It doesn't happen very often, but just something to be aware of. Are you guys making snap pads for every RV out there right now? I mean, there's so many different makes, models. I mean, mm -hmm. how many are you guys covering? It's so interesting to see the variation in, in sizes, shapes, and, uh, and like devices that people have used for um, leveling systems and also the stuff that's come out in, in the past. There's kickdown versions, there's square versions, there's octagon versions. Some of them are eight inches. Some of them now are over 13 inches with these oh, wow. cutouts in them. So there is, you know, it would have been so nice if we could have just came out with four or something and, and covered the whole, the whole market. So right now, our focus has been on kind of the higher end, more luxury class A and fifth wheels. I mean, there's some class C's they work with as well. But that's kind of what we've been focusing on just because they have more of a, a problem and, and a little bit more of standardization because you know, there's a lot of Lippert leveling systems out there. Um, kind of the main leveling systems are Lippert, HWH, Equalizer systems, 
Um, there's Bigfoot, and then you've got a lot of different um, scissor jacks on like the smaller travel trailers yeah. that you either hand crank or you use your drill to come down. So we don't really have anything for those guys yet, but we know that that's kind of that's actually the largest part of the market. I believe it's somewhere around sixty percent of the market are tra- actual travel trailers like that. Okay. Oh. So we definitely want to uh, we're we're working towards that, but um, you know for us we kind of started with the Lippert systems and, and we'll kind of work our way to the scissor jacks. Uh, we'll get there eventually. I don't know if kind of our stacker product will be you know, something for them. Eventually we plan to have a tongue jack version kind of for either utility trailers or boat trailers or okay. travel trailers as well. So we've been working on that also. Um, so yeah, we've kind of started at the top end of the market and we're kind of working our way down. Uh, just wasn't that intentional. Just kind of, that's how it ended up being. Um, just the nature of the the pain points. I mean, it's a much more of a pain pain in the butt to level a a forty five foot class A than it is you know a twenty three foot travel trailer. So where can people buy snap pads? Sure. Um, so we have about thirty five active RV dealerships that sell them on site uh, throughout the states. Uh, there's there's two in Canada actually. So we have thirty three in the states with a couple others that have expressed interest recently. So they can buy them directly from their dealers. And we actually encourage people to do that. One, we obviously want to send business to our dealerships, but two, you get better customer service, right? Because there's lots of people that um, we've gotten a lot of those dealers because people will go to their RV dealer and say, okay, I'm buying this. I want snap heads on them when I come to pick it up. I don't want to install them. I don't want to screw with them. I want it on my rig when I get it. So we've actually picked up dealers that way. And the dealers themselves, you know, it's nice if you don't want to install them, they're really easy as you guys know to install, but if you don't want to install them at all, then that's a nice, nice benefit. And we like to benefit our dealers. So we do have a where to buy page on our website, which people can go to, to see if they want, if they want to buy directly from the dealers. We also sell um, obviously on our website, we sell on Amazon. However, a side note for all of the dealers as well is our Amazon reseller sells for more than we do on our website, anywhere between 20 to $40 more per pack. We made it that way specifically because <laughs> dealers are very frustrated when customers come in and say, well, why am I buying it from you when I can get it from Amazon for X amount of dollars less? We definitely wanted to make sure that it wasn't a race to the bottom with our Amazon reseller. And um, it's interesting, he sells on Amazon Prime, so you get guaranteed two-day shipping. So that's a big deal for most people, and so they don't care about paying the extra. And we literally can't even keep him in like his product sells out so fast that he's actually frustrated with us because we can't keep him stocked fast enough. Uh, so the, the extra dollars doesn't seem to matter to people. We also sell on a website called RV upgrade, which has been a great partner for us. Um, they've been moving a uh, lots of product. I believe they sell it for similar amounts, similar um, dollar value as on our website. Um, what's the other one? They sell it. We partnered with equalizer systems, which is a um, Jack manufacturer. So they're the jack system that's on a lot of Numars, Integras. Um, they do some Class B. They, yeah, they've got lots of different leveling systems out there. So we recently partnered with them, so you can actually buy it from their website as well, Equalizer Systems. That's kind of the, the meat and potatoes of where you can get them for now. So there's lots of different options for people to get them from our website. And we have had lots of other websites and people express interest. However, their I guess their pitch is that they they're going to have the product for the the cheapest amount on the internet, and when that's kind of wow. how they sell their product, that's not who we partner with because right. again, we don't really want well we don't want customers going in anywhere and saying well I can get them cheaper from here, and 
we don't want to race to the bottom as far as pricing goes because then nobody wins. Um, yeah, Are so there any RVs that that they come standard from right from manufacturing? Not yet, no. Um, so equalizer systems would be the closest because they install the systems on uh, on site for okay. a lot of um, RVers, and if snap pads are compatible with that particular system, they will sell them and install them for people. So that would be the closest okay. thing to it for it now. Although we have had a lot of customers that have mentioned, why don't these come standard, you know, on, on your, it should just be an upgrade really. In our opinion, it should be an upgrade. If, if you want to upgrade to having snap pads on your, your RV, then it should just be check a box and add it to the lease payments and you're good to go. Is that something that you guys are working with or working towards are you working with manufacturers or anybody for for that to come you know right from the dealer or right from um well i mean equalizer systems would be the closest um right now because they are the they are a jack manufacturer um what we're focusing on now kenny is just kind of trying to build our brand so eventually when that opportunity does come that we able to take advantage of it i think um if we were to try to force that direction um you kind of come to the table with not very much negotiating power and you, you kind of get what you get and okay. i think it'd be more beneficial to us if we just build our brand make ourselves known well enough that uh they kind of they come to us and maybe suggest it as opposed to vice versa um and we're busy enough <laughs> to be honest right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so eventually i mean that's kind of our goal of course we would love um if they could come rolling out of the factory with them on there that would be much easier um, just to supply the the OEM factories with that, but as it stands right now, no, we don't. You know, Equalizer Systems is the closest for now. Okay. And somebody who's interested in purchasing the snap pads is their their first step going to your website and figuring out what size they need, or can they go to these dealers that are selling them and tell them what they have, and they can figure it out for them also? Or yep, yep, for sure. Okay. I'd say the first step would be to watch one of your guys's videos, if not both. <laughs> to see what you guys think and how to install them properly. I mean, you guys did a great job. So that would be the first step and just, you know, kind of have some, uh, what do we call it? Social proof that, you know, it's one thing for us to say, yeah, these are great, but it's another thing for, you know, people to try them and give them their, their honest feedback. So that would be the first step. But yeah, of okay. course you can go to your, you can go to your dealer and say, Hey, even if they don't have snap pads, um, just ask, say, do you, do you have snap pads? If not, can you get them for me? And we've had a number of dealers that have, you know, the parts guys will call us up and say, I don't even know what these are, but can you explain them to me? A customer asked them cast for them. So that's a good way um, to start. Or yeah, of course, go to our website. We've of course got installation videos and lots of information on there. We're actually updating our website. So it'll be new probably within a month or so <clears throat> similar, but we found with the addition of new products, it's kind of getting a little bit cluttered and we want to have a better user path. So kind of people can understand what they are, what the benefits are, answer any of their initial concerns or questions and then kind of lead them to the buying page would be ideal. And then if they have any questions, you know, they can contact us directly. We have a new phone number, so I don't know it off the top of my head, but uh, they can, they can just email us at info at rvsnappad.com and our customer service team is, is building all the time and they do a great job. Um, we do our best to get back to people as soon as possible. You know, if you email us, we will usually get back to you as long as it's not three in the morning, we usually get back to you, you know, within the next couple hours at most, usually, usually within the hour. So, and that's generally on weekends as well, unless, you know, every so often we like to go golfing. So <laughs> I think I, I, uh, I actually did email you guys when I first started looking at the product and I was purchasing them. I just wanted yeah. to be a hundred percent sure that I was buying the right, 
you know, pad for my RV and I emailed you. Yep. Or I don't know who it was though. I can't remember who it was, but sure. I just emailed your company and yep. somebody, they, they responded in under, I know it had to be at under two hours. I want to say maybe even under an hour with, sure. you know, all the, my questions answered. So it was great. Yeah. Our customer care specialist, Barb, she does a, she does a that's really good job. Yep, that's yeah. what it was. And, um, to the point where we're trying to get her to actually take some more breaks. We're actually designing a master list. We're going to have a search tool where kind of the same way you look up your tires, you put in your make model hmm. and a year and it'll bring you the proper version. But the problem with that is it's just, there's so many different types of setups and so many different types of versions. The 2009 Tiffin Allegro bus um, will not have the exact same thing as the 2010 Allegro bus. And then certain buses, whether they're 43A or 43B, will have different, it's just, it, it, the amount of information is actually, it's, it's crazy, but we're, we're coming up with that search tool soon. So hopefully not everyone has to call in like you did Kenny, but we get those calls every day, all the time. And it's good. And people should be calling to make sure because it's a much bigger pain in the butt to, uh, to, to have to ship them back and then ship them again. But she since lots of people are moving, right? They're only at a certain location for a certain amount of time. So you know, we just, it, it saves a lot of hassle for everybody. Um, that, that's you, what it was for us. We were, uh, we're usually only in an area for five days. So we only have that five day window yeah. <laughs> and if, yeah. if they ship in the wrong and then we got to ship back and then we start moving, it's hard to right. catch back up again. <laughs> for sure. Exactly. So, so good call. Good, good job by you. <laughs> <laughs> and then if people are, um, if people have a, an RV or travel trailer that there are no snap pads for yet. Yeah. Do you recommend that they send an email to the info at snappads.com and say, please yeah. make them for my sure. RV? Or Absolutely. Yeah. So what we do is we generally put everyone on the waiting list because our goal, our eventual goal is to have something for everyone. I mean, even if it in the end ends up being a stacker product, which kind of just turns into a general rubber landing pad. I mean, just because the nature of scissor jacks as well, they can be kind of all sorts of shapes and sizes and there'll be different clearance considerations and all kinds of things with that as well. So we'll see when we get to the travel trailer, but yes, we pretty much put everyone on the waiting list that expresses interest. And that's good information for us because we can see who's interested and really what, what should be the next version we should come up with. The only version that we haven't really um, done anything for is a leveling system called RVA. And I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Probably not. It's, no. it's an older system. And we finally had enough people ask about it um, on older rigs that we said, okay, well, let's take a look at this system. And then when I went to go look at them online, their website had shut down. So um, I'm assuming their company is no longer around. And, you know, that's as, as much as we'd like to have something for everybody, you know, we're not going to go backwards. Um, right. You know, right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's kind of the only version, the RVA version is, you know, it's unfortunate. We want to have something for everyone and we, we, we kind of feel bad about it. But at the same time, if, if they're not manufacturing and really haven't been put on, on RVs since, you know, the mid 2000s, then there's, you know, we can only, we're not, we're not going to put money into tooling and, and that kind of thing. So yeah. just, just the nature of, just the nature of the business really. Yeah. But it, everyone else goes on the waiting list. Yeah. So, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll be honest with you, you know, if there's, if, if it's something that we don't see happening anytime soon, we'll still put you on the waiting list. So if, and when something does come up, we'll let you know whether that's in six months, a year, whatever it may be, but we, you know, we want to, we want to do our best to, to get something for everybody eventually. That's, that's our goal. All right. So 
I think we're almost at that hour point. Before we let you go, is there anything you'd like to mention about the product or the company that we that we haven't covered yet? Uh, I don't think so. I think just I'd like to thank you guys for taking the time and bringing me on here. I mean, our customers are absolutely amazing. The response we've gotten from the product and just just the feedback. It's been such a pleasure dealing with um, people in the RV industry because you know, you guys are doing what you're passionate about. And so for the vast majority of people that we encounter, it's just, it's just such a pleasure to work with because you guys are, you're happy. It's fun to interact with, with everyone. It's, it's, uh, it's a far cry from certain industries. I'll, I'll say. So it, it makes our job so much funner to deal, to deal with, you know, great customers. And we get, we get great suggestions and awesome feedback all the time. And, and we invite those because it makes us a better company, you know, so we're, we're super excited to be working with influencers like you guys and coming up with new versions. And we're just, we're just really, really pleased with, with how the business has gone. And, and we, my, this is literally the business has turned into a best case scenario, dealing with amazing people like you guys dealing with amazing customers. I mean, it's not without its challenges. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I mean, the feedback that we've had and um, it's just, it's just been getting better and better. So thank you to you guys. Thank you to the RV industry and all the, the customers as a whole and um you know maybe we can do this again in a year and kind of have an update and see how you guys are doing see what your experience has been with snap pads and kind of see where we've where we've gone to because i we're we're pretty much moving things are changing daily for us so it's it's pretty exciting that sounds great i think that sounds wonderful i, I think it's nice too to to talk to a company that cares you guys, yeah you know you sound like you care about your product you care about your customers i mean what yep. more could you ask for yeah, thanks a lot, Kenny. We do, and we hope that that comes through to people. I mean, I will place phone calls on a Sunday. I will answer emails whenever I'm available. I mean, because we do care. It matters to us. And the bottom line, really, it's, is we're consumers too. So, I mean, this has kind of gone to the wayside a little bit, but, you know, treat people as you'd like to be treated. It's mm-hmm. groundbreaking concept. <laughs> yeah. like, that's really what it boils down to for us. I mean, we literally just, if somebody ask you a question, you know, get back to them as soon as you can. But in fairness to the big companies, I mean, we're a small, mostly family run company. So that's why we care, right? It's not a nine to five job for us. It's our lives. It's our livelihood. And, you know, so that's why we care so much about the interactions with the customers. It, it matters so much to us. So that's kind of the difference. And, you know, I'm not, not beating up on the big companies by any stretch of the imagination. It's just when you become a multi-billion dollar company, that's what's going to happen. But for us, we can stay relatively small because we're focusing on a specific pain point and a specific product. And that's what we intend on doing going forward. And, um, you know, it's fun for us. It's exciting for us. And and we love it. Yeah. Well, th- yeah. Thanks again for being our first podcast guest. We really wanted to have a, a really sort of cool, innovative company on our on our first podcast, which is why you guys came to mind. So so we really yeah. appreciate it. And we'll definitely definitely stay in touch and do it again in the future to see how, okay. how much further you guys have gone have come. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Sean. Thanks a lot, Kenny. And I'm going to keep you. an eye on all your guys' videos because they're, they're awesome. They're super entertaining. So you guys keep doing what you're doing. So that wraps up our first episode. We want to thank Devin for coming on and explaining all about the SnapPad product. If you haven't done so, Please check out the website at rvsnappad.com and see all the great products that they have to offer. This episode has been brought to you by Chicory's Travels and Moving Forward Adventures. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks.